I'm Maeve Doyle and this is A Private View, a podcast series featuring interviews with key figures in the art world, the art market, artists, curators, critics, auction house experts, art dealers, gallerists, curators, and other individuals who are redefining and reshaping the world of art as we know it. On today's show... I have the pleasure of having an artist I did a discussion panel with last week called Lily Kemp. She's a recent graduate and was part of her story last week, a group show in celebration of International Women's Day. Hello, Lily, and welcome to A Private View. Nice to have you here. I'm going to read what your bio says, and you jump in if you think anything is sort of not working for you anymore, because I know bios can go out of date quickly. And they always change. You know? They always change if you're doing your job properly. <laughs> so Lily Kemp, Kemp's paintings explore the representation of women and co- of color and how they are represented within visual culture and art history. Critical of the hypersexualization of the female body in media and the female nude within art history, Kemp's work offers an alternative gaze to the traditional white, cis, male-centered gaze. Since graduating from Chelsea? Wimbledon. From Wimbledon, which is known for being a great painting school. Uh, Kemp has been awarded the Lim I Thang Art Prize at the Woon Foundation Painting and Sculpture Prize and the Woon Foundation Painting and Sculpture Prize and has been selected to take part in the 2019-20 Clyde & Co. Art Award. Kemp is looking to develop more collaborative practices working alongside young women and menswear designers and fine art. Um, I'm so happy to have you here. I looked at a lot of those awards. I couldn't really figure it out. So what I'm going to do is hand everything over to you to comment on. Here's Lily. Hi. Hi. I'm not pushing you out on a limb. If you get stuck, how did that auto bio, how did that bio sound to you? How did it read? Does it seem like the past or where you're at now? I think still because I tweeted it quite a bit over the last, I guess, six, six, eight months now since graduating. So it still feels pretty relevant right now. What is, I find for me, the most memorable thing about graduating from art school was the contrast, it's like being pushed off a cliff. You go from a life where all you're talking about is the nuances of a painterly practice and content within a painting to a world where actually it's so difficult to get someone to listen to you talk about painting. Did you have a similar experience? For me, I think, and I found this the same with a lot of graduates, especially from art university, where you don't feel prepared for the practical side. For example, marketing, I think it's one of the biggest things as a recent graduate where if you don't know how to market your work, if you don't know how to use Instagram effectively, then essentially your work will pretty much sit either at home or in the studio and it will just be you looking at it. And it's trying to find a way to get it out there, get it, I guess, to the sort of audience that you would like your artwork to be seen by. What I I agree with what you said, but I also admire that uh, the gaze you look at the world with and the hypercritical gaze that you view art history and art theory with, you also turn on yourself. And I'm, I'm really glad you, you spoke like that because yeah. you're taking responsibility for your work being seen rather than saying, you know, 
uh, I'm waiting around. I don't know how to approach it. You've seen that this is something now you have to do on your own. How did the world of marketing open up to you even? Was that something they taught at, taught at Wimbledon? Honestly, no. But well, sort of, listen, they wouldn't yeah. have even talked about it in my day. Because I think it's still very much, art universities are very, which is great, but they're very much solely focused on the critical theory side versus the actual how do you then navigate the world, especially if you're trying to balance like a job. Or I know several friends balancing two jobs. If you don't have a studio, if you're struggling with money, how do you balance all of that to still create work and have the time to create work? How do you balance it? Also, I'll say I'm really fortunate that because of the Wound Prize, um, I was awarded a cash prize. So because of that, um, I was able to then get a studio straight out of uni, which honestly really grateful for. Where's your studio, Lily? It's currently in Marlebone. Well done. I have some other Slade graduates who have a studio there. Is there a big studio space? It must be the same. It's called um, VO Mary. Curations have um, a separate branch called VO Studios. I think there's about 50 of us in the building. Tell me about the prize. I looked them all up last night, and I have to be frank, I hadn't heard of them before. Uh, tell me about the prize that you won that made you eligible for a studio. So I applied for it. If I'm being honest, sort of on a whim, I think it was around March. I think I applied literally about half an hour before the deadline. I don't know why, I think I just didn't... I think it's one of those things where I thought it's such a long shot, there's no there's no point in applying, but then I was sat with a friend and they were saying, like, why not? It's one of the only prizes that's free to enter and you can only enter it in your, if you're in your last year of uni. So I guess you have one shot at entering it. So that open mind and willingness to take a shot changed your life in the year after graduation completely changed I think I'm lucky that at the moment I'm living with my dad rent free for now so that's why I was about to put all that money into my art whilst other people that probably would have gone on rent primarily to stay in London so this is a bigger conversation and it came up in her story her story uh, the group show which was a bit startling to me at first you know the, the work just came in and it was all very different and when we did our discussion panel last Thursday, I was so, like, it was as though the curtain had lifted up and what was in common with all the women involved in the show. And that was how to finance, fund, go forward with your thoughts and ideas, whatever your thoughts and ideas were, to have a voice, to be heard. You could disagree with each other, but ultimately, and that's a good thing, ultimately, um, it was about how to get your career into a marketplace, heard, seen. How did you feel about that show? Part of me thinks it must be hard to be in a room with other artists whose work is so different than yours. And then I wonder what what um, motivated you to participate. I think curiosity was a big thing because although I'd met some of the artists at, I think, the photo shoot day, I hadn't actually really spoken to them about their work. I'd seen on Instagram, but it's very different, I guess, seeing the visual aspect and actually hearing behind their work. And then with Sophie, the the amazing journey that actually took her to where she is now. So on the surface, I wouldn't have seen the connection between her work and your work, and now it's so obvious. And that takes me into your work. I mean... Without question, you know how to handle media. You know how to handle paint. You know what a composition is. You've practiced your craft. Your brush handling skills are very sophisticated. Thank you. You know, there's 
There's a wizardry with the way you apply paint to canvas. It has to be applauded. Then we have the content of your work. And the content of your work is like an iron fist in a velvet glove, if you don't mind a cliche. Can you talk a little bit about that? About the context behind. Content, also your skills. Um, so in terms of style of painting, I only sort of started working in this particular way, very flat, very, I guess, defined lines between the different colours maybe two years ago. Um, so I think back in foundation, I was very much using sort of rough brush marks to sort of almost create clothes and different patches of colours through literally patches of colours and then started doing fashion illustration designs, I think, down in my first year in Brighton, which then ended up transferring to starting to paint the way I do now and then started looking at changing the colour palette. And then it was actually only in third year that I sort of developed or that I realised what I wanted to look at going forward, which was how women are represented in particular, how women of colour are represented. What led you to that realisation? It was actually a group crit, which almost by accident, because it was a cover tutor, because I think our tutor was ill, and she she was just very matter-of-fact. She just said, you don't have to, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but all the women in your work are feminine presenting, they're slim and they're white. And she just sort of opened up and said, how, how do you feel about that? The cover tutor. And honestly, that... It, it, it literally, comp- I don't know where my work would be, honestly, without that crit. Do you remember before, her name? I don't, actually. That's, no, really it's really interesting because yeah. uh, to anything, when you get into a routine and a pattern, sometimes you stop learning. And it is that person, that interloper that comes through, and if the timing's right, they lift the lid off of everything. And that's why so much of the art world is process-oriented. Mm-hmm. And unless you're an artist... You can't describe that to people who have business plans and set your goals. And it's these happy accidents. Someone gets sick, they call in, there's a cover tutor. It's on the morning when you're ready to hear something. And completely can change And that's the magic of of life. Uh, Keep talking about your work. There's so many things I want to know. I want to know how it was received. I want to know what it's like carrying the weight of such a heavy message, which can sometimes be seen as aggressive or angry I mean people don't want and this is me being um, inflammatory they don't want a sweet lovely young woman raising these issues these uh, issues about how women are represented they want you just to listen so what is it like carrying the weight of this story about who's included in the conversation how women are sexualized take it away Lily um, I actually really struggled since graduating about... I suddenly felt, I think, very inadequate about what I was talking about because although I am mixed race, I wouldn't identify personally <clears throat> as a woman of colour because I pass as white and I'm aware of that and therefore I don't face prejudice or discrimination because of how I look and therefore because of that and because my friendship circles are predominantly white... I don't know why, but suddenly after graduating, I felt very unequipped to deal with the subjects I was looking at, and I felt, I think, just very aware of not wanting to, I don't know how to say it, but not wanting to essentially like take up space or t- to take away someone else's voice where it's very much fueled from their personal experience. So I was trying to navigate and, I guess, become comfortable again with what I was looking at 
I, I'm going to interject and just say I think that speaks to your sensitivity as an artist. Then I sort of, I think, sort of reminded myself of where it sort of all started, and it did start with the overall when I was flicking through magazine images because that's where I sourced most of the images and the woman for my work. That where it started was the sexualization of women in the media. So that's, I guess, what started it off. And then and the realisation, because I think this was during the Me Too period, which was founded by Tarana Burke, um, which then came to surface with thousands of millions of men and women coming forward, talking about, essentially, their experience of what happened to them. And it was sort of then I sort of put, for the first time, two and two together about how you're represented very much changes how people perceive you, how people interact with you and how you then interact and how you see yourself. So it was then that I sort of realised the importance of it and essentially I didn't want to create images that further fuelled into that narrative, that fuelled into harmful gender stereotypes or gender depictions. And how was the work received? Was everybody up for the debate as well? In fact, one thing that slightly frustrated me at uni is... I don't, it might have been a comfortable uh, thing where people would immediately, they knew what my work was about because I'd speak about it, but no one, apart from my tutor, seemed very comfortable to talk about actually what the theory or what my work looks like. They were comfortable talking about the paint, the colour, the composition. And all I can think is I guess it's a comfortable thing where if you're a white person, you, I guess you're worried about saying the, you're either worried about saying the right or wrong thing or it just makes you uncomfortable. So it's easier to, I guess, avoid the topic completely and just focus on the visual aspect. But for me... It's horrible because it's like a form of McCarthyism. We're so afraid to have a finger pointed at us that no one will have a debate anymore in case we clumsily stumble into the wrong word and a word that's been spotlit as a bad, let's say bad word. And and so as a result, no one will have the debates anymore. It's a constant source of frustration because I would, and I think you would, rather know what people are thinking so you can table it and talk about actually it. Actually have a conversation. Then yeah. forgive someone for saying something that isn't politically correct anymore. Is that the kind of frustration you're talking about? Yeah, I think on that, I think that's also maybe why I felt so unsure about what I was looking at after uni is because I hadn't really received any feedback as to actually that side of my work and how that is received and whether I was going about that in, I guess, a sensitive way or how people felt about that because I didn't really receive much feedback on that side. (laughs) So I think it was all mulling over my head and I just, yeah, I suddenly felt just very unequipped to deal with, I guess, such a sensitive and important topic. So I'm going to ask, what would you have wanted to talk about? I look at your work and talk a lot, mm-hmm. and I think you've put women of color, you've put clothes on women, you put shoes on women. Uh, clearly, your the techniques and your paint handling and the collage effect and the images are fantastic. But let's go deeper into the content. Mm-hmm. Um, were these women appropriated from images from magazines? Yeah, all the women in my work have been... I now sort of use Pinterest because before I was buying magazine images and was spending a lot of money that way. Yeah. So now I sort of go through Pinterest, sort of looking at the big magazine spreads and sort of finding different women from there. And and what about the clothes? Where do you pick the clothes to put on them and the settings to put them in? I was about to say the clothes, actually, 
are what they're wearing. I just sort of changed the colour. Or some of them I've adapted. Where I think one woman was wearing a very um, one East Asian woman was wearing a very lacy, flimsy top. So with that, I just extended it to I guess become a full, I guess like normal clothed top. So sometimes I make adjustments like that. But sometimes usually the woman I choose the clothes already. I guess the clothes are already there. I'm uh, going to let you go about your day. Back to your studio in Marlebone. I, I suggest that everyone look for Lily's work. Do you have any other shows coming up? Um, taking part in the recent graduate exhibition at Affordable Art Fair, which I think is Thursday to Sunday this week. Terrific. Where is it? Is it Hoburn? Um, that's, I think, in Battersea Park. So that's the Battersea Spring Affordable Art Fair. Tell people what your Instagram is so they can look up your work. Um, so Lily Kemp Arts, all lowercase. L I L Y K E M P A R T. Yeah, I forget there's so many different spellings. For Do Lily, you sell your work have. online? Um, I've, I was about to say I've sold smaller pieces, but larger pieces has been through competitions. I think because people understand me, they want I guess some sort of security when buying I guess a large piece. That for them it feels more secure when it's off I guess a bigger platform. You've been listening to A Private View with me, Maeve Doyle. I'm a curator for Paddle 8. I'm also BBC Radio London art critic. Follow me on Instagram at mavedoyle.art. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>